This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Growing companies are always on the lookout for talented people to hire. One expert says there's a massive pool of productive job seekers being overlooked by business. Who these people are may surprise you. This is an untapped pool of talent every industry can benefit from. Looking to this pool and understanding the benefits of finding talent among this population. Then, prescription drug users in some urban neighborhoods are living in pharmacy deserts, limiting access to vital medicines. Medicare and Medicaid pay pharmacies less for prescription medications when compared to private insurance. That means pharmacies aren't really profitable in these neighborhoods. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It's always a challenge to find top talent for job openings. Our next guest says building a productive workforce requires fresh talent, which can come from the unlikeliest of places. We welcome Jeff Korzenich to InfoTrack. Jeff is author of the book Untapped Talent, How Second Chance Hiring Works for Your Business and the Community. Jeff, as your book title says, you believe businesses should go after a specific untapped talent pool. And it may surprise people. What is that talent pool? It is the 19 million people in the United States with a felony conviction on the record and the millions more who have a misdemeanor record, all of whom face obstacles to employment or being employed to their full potential. Is there a concern that a business owner or a leader is going to be concerned that they're bringing in somebody who was convicted of a crime? Absolutely. And these are legitimate concerns and concerns that need to be addressed. So this is something you have to go into with intention and a plan. But it is business, not charity. There was just recently announced, for instance, a second chance business coalition, which includes some of the great names in American business, the Home Depot and Verizon and JP Morgan, and the list goes on and on of companies that are committing to getting this done. So tell us exactly what goes into a successful second chance hire. Sure. It requires companies to have essentially two processes in place. One is finding out who among this population is truly ready to work, has the commitment to turning their life around and being engaged and contributing members of a company. The other is a little bit more subtle, and that's a recognition that people who come from backgrounds that include a criminal record typically carry a lot of missing gaps in their professional development. It has nothing to do with the criminal record. It typically has to do with being raised in dire poverty and not having the sort of basic structure of understanding of work and how to negotiate work or comes with some of the barriers to Being a successful employee, like getting to work, do you have transportation, do you have housing? All of those things are gaps. So businesses that want to do this and make this a successful hire have to have a plan for how they will identify and solve those gaps. It doesn't have to be the business. They can rely on outside partners to do it, but they have to understand that's part of making this a viable investment. We're talking on InfoTrack with Jeff Korzenich. 
and he is the author of the book, Untapped Talent, How Second Chance Hiring Works for Your Business and the Community. Jeff, what sort of industries or businesses would this be ideally suited for? You know, when your starting point is this pool of 19 million Americans that are largely overlooked by the business community, it's not hard to understand that every industry can find some opportunities here. That being said, one of the best fits traditionally has been manufacturing. These are middle-skilled jobs that are very much in demand, meaning that they can be trained but don't require, for instance, advanced degrees to be able to earn a living. These jobs tend not to be customer-facing, tend not to handle money. So those help overcome some of the objections. But the reality is every industry needs talent, and this is an untapped pool of talent every industry can benefit from looking to this pool and understanding the benefits of finding talent among this population. In terms of social improvement, will this help to overcome racial inequality in our society? I always stress this is business, not charity, but you'd have to be willfully blind not to see all the good that this can do a community. One of the ugly truths of our American justice system, as it's been for the last several decades, is that it has left one in three black men in America with a felony conviction. When you get a penetration of barriers that deep in a single community, it tends to break down the transmission of work values, creates incomplete families, unsafe communities. So there's just a huge benefit to letting people become more than their worst moment. And it's benefit for the business, yes, but it obviously benefits these communities and our whole community in help addressing some of these racial divides that have been built in because of the aftermath of our criminal justice system. Are there uh, numerous prisons and places of incarceration that have training programs that would sort of prime people for jobs after their release? Yes, not enough. This is changing over time. One of the challenges, of course, is it costs money and there's a limited political will to spend money on people who have broken the law. And and I do understand that. I think it's one of the reasons that the business community has to become involved in advocating for this. But there's some really notable exceptions where state prison systems and most People in prison are in state facilities. Something like 93% of all people in prisons are in state facilities. Some states have done an exceptionally good job. I always highlight Michigan, which has three what they call vocational villages, which have credentialing training programs. There's a career campus being built by the Kansas Department of Corrections. So this is absolutely spreading. And then there are also some really interesting initiatives where the private sector is working directly with prisons to create training programs for their own companies. Can you cite some success stories in this area? There's so many. My favorite is uh, the company that I chose to make the subject of a full chapter in our book. It's a case study. It's JBM Packaging, about 150 employees. Over 20% of them are now what they call fair chance, second chance. And they came to this from a position of not hiring anyone with criminal records, but finding that they couldn't find the labor force they needed for their growth. And it is a rapidly growing company. The CEO attended a church, which mentioned second chance employment. And it got him investigating and they had some trial and error and they finally settled into what is really a terrific program. 
their fair chance, as they call it, program recruits people directly from prisons and halfway houses. And they found it was so effective that they set up a in-prison training program where they donated a machine, the machinery they use. They actually had an employee who had made a mistake and was in another prison working with the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction. They had that individual transferred into this one prison and they have a training program. They pay a training stipend. They're very careful to avoid any perception of prison labor. So while they pay a stipend, they don't actually sell any product. They just recycle product. And it's allowed the business to have a steady pipeline of well-trained individuals who can be paid a fair wage because they are coming out with skills. That's terrific. I realize we've been talking about the United States in this entire conversation. Do you have any insight as to what's being done in other countries that perhaps we could emulate? There is some work we can be doing. We can always learn from other countries, I think particularly in how they deal with the drug epidemic. Countries like Portugal have decriminalized this and focus on medical care. Countries, particularly some of the Scandinavian countries and Germany, have done a better job in integrating people who are in prison back into the real world. We don't have great statistics there. Uh, one of the things that you learn as you start to dive into this strange world of criminal justice is that people measure things differently. So you'll hear that recidivism rates, for instance, in Europe are much, much lower than the US. Maybe, maybe not. They're not compared the same way. So it's difficult to tell. But I think this is such a big problem and there's so much good energy starting to be put towards this worldwide, we should be looking everywhere we can for solutions. The book is Untapped Talent, How Second Chance Hiring Works for Your Business and the Community. Jeff Korzenik is the author. Jeff, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Next, some urban neighborhoods are pharmacy deserts. That story coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 